Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. I really do have a word burning inside of me. And listen, you know, I, I like to teach, but I'm going to preach teach today. I'm going to preach at you. Because today I'm going to encourage you of how to overcome certain obstacles in your life from a prophetic from a prophetic eye. I've been on a series forever. I'm just going to tell Jane Lynn, don't even put part five, six, seven anymore. It's just like, uh, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm getting revelation from stories, chapters, biblical characters, and applying them to today. We've had incredible time. Last week was powerful. We talked about transition and, and what God does in the midst of transition. How many were here last week? Crossing over the Jordan. But I want to tell you, right when they crossed over the Jordan into the promised land, into the promised land, the land that they've been waiting for, it, the, what they see first is not what they expect. And if you don't know that it's the plan of God, you will get discouraged and turn back around. Look at Joshua chapter 6. Today I'm going to talk to you about identifying your personal walls and hindrances, and the strategy to get behind them. Can I hear an amen? Because the good news is if you've been alive for more than 10 years in this world, you will come to a wall in your life. You will hit a wall in your life. You will hit a wall in your finances. You will hit a wall in your marriage. Come on, somebody. You will hit a wall in your relationships. You will hit a wall with your walk with God. You will hit a wall in your creativity, and you have that writer's block. And you, every one of us will hit a wall at some sort of time in our lives. And if we're not careful or don't understand strategy, then we will not be able to pass that wall that was there on purpose, not by mistake. Look at what happens here. Uh, I'm not hearing a lot of amens, but it's okay. You will say it in a couple minutes from now. Now, Jericho, verse 1, was securely shut up. Now, I, I want you to... I want to pause here. Do not lose the revelation that's about to come forth because you're familiar with the story. Hear me. Because a lot of times, oh, I know about this. Oh, yeah, you march around the wall. Yeah, you march around the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want you to listen because you're not going to see it fully if you just uh, know the story. I didn't come this morning to give you a story. I come to give you a strategy. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, the Lord said to Joshua, already before he even went there, see, I have already given Jericho into your hand. It's kings and it's mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city. Here's the story. All men of war, you shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day, by the way, this is not a little fence that they're going around. It's an entire city. So there's some dynamics that you have to get involved of, of, of real tiredness, real weariness. I sometimes think we're so spiritual that we think that we don't get tired. We will get tired facing our walls. But it's normal. These dudes walked the entire city seven times. And the priest shall blow the trumpets. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priest shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass. When they make long blasts with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet. That all the people shall shout with a great shout. 
Then the wall of the city will fall down flat. Now, how many know that's supernatural, right? That doesn't make sense, screaming at a wall. (laughs) Could you imagine? In the name of Jesus! It doesn't make sense in the natural. But I want you to see something when I'm going to share with you. Then the wall will fall flat, and the people shall go up every man straight therein. Now, Watch this. That's a story. You've been familiar with that. I'm going to give you a foreshadow of the strategy, but I'm not going to tell you yet. Verse 10. Hop over to verse 10. We only look at the story, but I'm going to dig deep this morning. Verse 10. Now Joshua had commanded the people, saying, you shall not shout. What? We just heard that the Lord said, then you shall shout. Joshua says, you shall not shout, because there's deeper revelation that God gave him. You shall not, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit here. You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, Pastor Joshua, what are you saying? Uh, Are you going against the very thing that God said to do? He said, you're going to shout and the walls are going to come down. But now in verse 10, you're instructing the people not to shout. Watch this. Nor shall a word proceed out your mouth. Oh, I'm going to preach this morning. Until the day I say to you, shout. Then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord. (laughs) I can tell you're thinking now. You're like, hmm. The ark of the Lord circled the city, go around it once. Then they came into the camp and lodged in there. Look up at me. One of the most frustrating things in the people of God, in leaders, in the kingdom of God, in Christians, in, in people of God, is when we face, when we're trying to do something to advance the kingdom. You're trying to do something to advance your marriage. You're trying to do something to advance your business. And the most frustrating thing is when we come up against walls and hindrances in our life. That's one of the most frustrating things when you're trying, all, when you're doing all the right things. When you're praying and you're fasting and you're believing and then God gives you prophetic word and then after the prophetic word, you encounter this wall. You encounter this resistance and you have to realize that, the, that right after many weeks and many hours of sweat of crossing the Jordan River, it was not a, a, a crossing the street. It was crossing to the other side where about three million or more Jews had to cross on dry ground. That took days. That That took much time to cross over. You would think the promise is on the other side because God says, I'm entering to a land of milk and honey, right? We we get that. And then the Lord says, you know, we're going to go to the other side and there's a promise. And we're like, yes, we're finally getting out of this place that we've been here for 40 years. My goodness. They were for 40 years wandering. This is the first time in 40 years that they were finally had an exit to to the, the wandering in the wilderness. You would think that God says, here it is. Look at the gold. Look at the things. And the first thing Joshua and Israel faced when they crossed the other side is a humongous barrier that's insurmountable. Jericho was fortified, the enti- not, not, not a castle, the entire city was fortified. Could you imagine the disappointment when you get to the other side thinking God graduated you from something and now the first thing you see are hindrances. 
First thing you see is a wall. And I got news for you. If you're in this room, you're going to hit a wall in your life, and you're going to hit several of them. But it's how you respond to those walls that's going to determine if those walls stay up or if you retreat or if you push forward past the wall with the divine strategy of God. Because the, here's the thing, the walls and the hindrances that come to our life, here's the good news, comes to everyone. It comes to the studious, it comes to the faithful, it comes to the smart one, the dumb one, it comes to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Don't, 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 don't nudge your neighbor on that one. <laughs> he said ugly, mm-hmm. It comes to everybody. It comes to the sinner. It comes to the saint. It come, the Bible says in John chapter 5, he causes the rain to come on the just, come on somebody, and the unjust. That same wind and that same rain comes to both. And so what I'm here to tell you, that walls are, are, are normal. But I'm here to tell you prophetically, most of the time, not all of the time, those walls that present itself from you in the form of hindrances come in the form of people. Other people. Other people not liking you. Other people having an opinion about you. Other people discouraging you. Other, whether it's your boss, whether it's your friend, whether it's someone that hurts you. These are hindrances of walls that kind of try to strip you. But here's the thing. We could, we could, many of us are theologically proficient, but we are deficient in handling people. We know a lot of theology, but we don't know a lot of folkology. People that, that study hard and know the scriptures, just because you could quote scriptures, come on, man, just because you're deep in theology does not mean that you're good with people. Let me go on this side because I, I feel a, a better amen on this side. Because we have to learn that in order for us to get past the wall, we got to identify the wall for what it is. And you realize that in these walls, you got to realize that there's going to be people that devalue you. And there's a, there's a difference between... Uh, uh, knowing theology and how to respond biblically to people, to barriers that present itself to you. And it, listen, and many times we can't make sense of certain situations that come our way. And it seems at least even in my life, and I'm sure in your life, that we don't understand the resistance that comes sometimes from other people that seem to resist what you feel God is calling you to do. You know the walls that you're facing come from our inner need to be approved by everybody. And these are the, the things that present itself. Yes, sure, there's financial walls. Sure, there's doubt walls. There's worry and anxiety walls. But let me tell you something. Some of the biggest walls we will ever face has to do with people's opinion, people around you, how they treat you, how they mistreat you, how they don't treat you, how they ignore you, how they celebrate you, whatever it is. But people are not your enemy. And you, 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 you and I have to know something about this because how we approach this, we don't feel adequate enough. And here's the scary part about this. I wrote this down. The very thing that presents itself hindrances to us, the thing that presents itself walls to us and, and brings even hurt and, a, watch this, a distance. You know what walls do? L listen to me. Walls, here's what hindrances of walls are in the natural. Walls are the thing that stands between your origination and your destination. Walls are the thing that stand between where you're at now and where God wants you to be. 
You got to understand, I know this sounds kind of preachy, but I'm here to prophesy to you that what you really need is on the other side of that wall. You say, oh, no, that's just preaching at me and trying to make me feel good. No, Joshua, what was promised to Joshua was on the other side of that wall. The wall presented itself so that he could turn around and be intimidated. I'm going to be very honest with you. If you don't discern adequately the hindrances that are coming your way, sometimes on purpose to mature you and grow you, you will turn around and quit and doubt the call of God in your life. I'm going to give you a little testimony. When, when this building was being, be, being built and we had our field trip, remember the field trip, some of you guys were here, we went from the school and it was just like pieces of wood everywhere and they had a big old deer over there and just looking at us, right? And we had our lunch, and, and I was giving people the tour, and everyone's like, wow, look what the Lord has done in just five, six months, and it was like crazy, and, and I was getting people the tour, and all of a sudden, my friend Keith is over there, and, and we're, we're talking, and I had a private conversation, I'm like, look, and, and we're also claiming that building, and we're, cla- and, we're, and we're believing God for that building, and I had this moment, this wall moment. Have you ever had this wall moment that feels like God has called you to do something that's much bigger than you? Or let me just break it down, 2018 uh, version that's higher than your pay grade, your education. I'm like, I don't feel qualified. I, got, I started getting overwhelmed because there was huge walls that were facing the promise of this place. And so as I'm looking at it, I felt so inadequate because my strength is not construction. My str- I don't know the verbiage of that. You know, I don't know those things. I just know how to lead people. I know how to talk to people. I know how to shepherd people. I'm like, God, what are you doing? I have n- I'm going to look like a fool in front of these people. I have no clue what I'm doing. And so we're walking around, and I was telling my friend Keith, I said, you know, Keith, you probably don't remember this, Keith, but I'm going to tell it anyways. I said, you know what, can I just say something to you? He goes, yeah. He goes, this is beautiful. I go, sometimes I think, did God make a mistake in choosing me? I said, did, did God really choose me? Maybe I was just supposed to start something and hand it over. Did, did God really choose me to do this? And he goes, of course he chose you. Why would you say that? I go, because I know nothing about construction. And then when we were walking, all, this, all these smart people, because they are smarter than me, like, you know, PG, you need a permit for this. You can't do that. 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 I'm like, I, I, I don't know what to do. And, and in his wisdom, he looked at me in his, and right in my eyes, and he goes, yep, you don't know anything about construction. That's why God called you. <laughs> do you think, do you think that Joshua came knowing everything before he went to the Jordan? The plan wasn't revealed until he got to Jericho. Come on. Until he got there, that's when the plan was revealed. And so you, you, you and I have to realize and identify the place that we're at in our life. Because if we don't, here's the, here's the, 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 the horrible aspect. If we don't identify the walls that are in our life, the hindrances that are in our life, whatever they may be, we will start doing what we hate. And what we, what we don't like is we'll start constructing walls ourselves towards people. We ourselves will begin to construct walls between us and the people that we're called to minister to. Can I just be open? You get to a place in ministry, I'm not there, thank God, but I have been there, that I just got tired of people. Yet I'm a pastor. That's a really, not a good problem to have. You know, I got tired because I got tired of the words and the, the slander, the talking back. And, the, and, and I, just, I just wanted to turn around and give up. 
Those were walls that were placed in my life for a season, and I had to get the divine strategy, and I want to talk about it. This is just my intro. Sorry about that. (laughs) To get past the wall of your life. So uh, just like it was for all of Joshua, that's why, that's why there's a resistance in your life right now. You know why? Because there's something on the other side of that wall. I know that sounds preachy, but listen to me. The reason why there is resistance in your life and there's walls in your life is not necessarily because you're doing something bad. Joshua did not do anything bad, yet he kept hitting this wall, this insurmountable wall. And I don't have time to tell you the structural uh, element of the wall of Jericho. I don't have time. But it was an almost insurmountable wall. It was a historic wall. It was actually built on purpose that the closer you get to the wall, the more intimidating it got. It was built that way on purpose so that when you got closer, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're like, how in the world am I going to get past this wall? That's why there's been resistance on you. That's why there's been pressure. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want you to see what's behind that wall. I, I, I'm serious. There, there, here, here's the thing I'm trying to say. When you come, you and I come to a wall in our marriage. When we come to a wall in ministry, don't tell me that we don't have walls in ministry. We do. We're not always floating on cloud nine. We don't always hear the Holy Spirit. We don't always get things right. And when you hear, when you bump into that wall in ministry and you're doing everything right and you're looking at, at your fruitfulness, I'm sure before the Lord told you what was meant, you were probably looking around like, Lord, what are we doing wrong? Right? You're probably like, you've called us to do this. Why is the crowd dwindling? But you had no clue that that was a wall that was there to prepare you for your next assignment. Right? And so, you, so why, do I, why do I say that? Because you have two choices when you, when you face this, these walls, these hindrances in your life. Number one, you can approach that wall after crossing the, your Jordan River and going to the other side. And you could face that wall and say, this wall is not moving in my marriage. This wall is not moving in my finances. This wall is not moving in my business. I might as well tuck my tail and turn around and go home because this is not for me. This is not, you know what? Maybe it's not for me. I was close many times to say, maybe this is not for me. Or you could turn and look at that wall and say, I've come too far to turn around now. I've just crossed that river for over three weeks and hot, dry sun. I am going to face this wall, and I'm going to get past this wall no matter what happens, but there's no turning back for me now. You've got to get to a place in your walk with God, in your marriage, that you get so deep with God that you have this phrase always echoing in your heart. I'm never turning back to the world. You know what is a curse word in my house? The divorce word, the D word. We will not, I don't care how heated our arguments get, we, will, we chose a long time ago, don't let the word divorce come out your mouth. I, will, I, treat, it, I treat it as the most grotesque curse word that I could say, which, which, well, which I never say, but I treat it that way. Why? Because of the fact that you got to understand that how you respond to these walls in your life will determine success or failure. Come on, say amen. And so in Galatians chapter, let me, let me actually, what's this? Some t- put, that, put that picture up there that I, had, that, I, that I gave. This is some of you when you're facing your walls. This has been floating around the internet. You probably saw that. 
You see that you're, you're, you're facing walls and you're, you're pressing onward. You're, you're, co- you're doing the right thing. You're going to church. You're praying. You're living holy. You're quoting the word. You're in right relationships. And you keep digging, not realizing, if you see the top picture, this person is determined and persistent, not seeing the other side. And the bottom person quit just before he had thousands of diamonds waiting for him. This is the picture of the church right here. That we, the moment we hit our toughest wall in our lives, that wall to you may be depression. That wall to you may be guilt. That, you know what? I just sense this from the Lord. Some of you are facing huge walls, and they have a timetable on it. Those walls are ticking, and they're coming down. It used to be, it used to be a year. Now it's 15 days or 10 days, whatever it is. And that wall has a number. If you're not careful, you'll turn around just be, before your, your victory. Look at what Galatians 6 says in the NLT. Come on, are you getting something? Watch, you're going to be happy in a second because I haven't even given you a strategy yet. So let's not get tired of doing what's good at just the right time. You will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. At just the right time, you will reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. A sign that you're about to inherit a breakthrough from the Lord is when everything in you wants to give up. God put that as a sign so that you could continue forward. Look at this. You were born for this moment. Every one of you were born in this, uh, in this moment. Let, let, me, let me just say this. Everything that God has brought you to up to this point, he knew you would face that wall. I want to say that again. Everything that God has promised you up until this point, he knew that you would face that wall. Do you think that God could have said to Joshua, hey, Joshua, you're going to cross over the Jordan. And when you cross over the Jordan, there's going to be big resistance there. He said, no, I'm not going to tell you until you get there. I'm not going to tell you until you get there. I'm going to give you specific instructions for this. Now, I'm just going to uh, uh, fast forward some of my notes because I want to give you the strategy here. Now, look, look at this. This is so powerful. God's strategy to deal with the walls of our life is number one. You can write this down. It's not going to be on the screen. Number one, stay persistent and and consistent with the things and instructions that God has called you to do from the very beginning and don't waver from it. Whatever God has, are you are you getting are you are you alive this morning? Stay persistent and consistent walking around that wall, walking around that thing, whatever God told you to do, and stay persistent and consistent in it and don't quit halfway. When you're on the fourth round or the fifth round of walking around the wall, everything in you will say, you know what, this is not worth it anymore. How many have said that about your marriages? How many have said that about your friendships, about your ministry, about your business? about your family, about your church. I don't want to go there, but I believe Christians give more grace to, to, to people that are not even part of the, the covenant with God than with their own brothers and sisters. We're so quick to cut our own brothers and sisters off because there's a disagreement, and yet we have more mercy and grace for someone that doesn't even know the Lord. Number two. I'm, the third one is where I came here to preach. Number two, the second strategy of going over your wall or around your wall, number one is being persistent. Number two, listen to me, this is powerful. D- 
Develop, learn to develop a culture of encouraging each other when you're facing the wall. Look at this. Develop a culture of encouragement with other people of God that are facing walls themselves. And instead of facing that wall and said, man, you're never going to get to that. Man, good luck for you because that's really big. I'm glad I'm not in your shoes. Instead of releasing what the, the insurmountable impossibility of that wall, say, bro, you got this. You're going to do this, man. You're going to bore for it. You, you're going to go around that wall, and I'm going to walk with you around that wall. And if you're having a struggle in your marriage, I'm going to walk with you. I ain't going anywhere. I'll be with you until the end. You've got to be able to develop encouragement. Do you know, watch this, I've said it before, do you know that the power of encouragement is so real that it has the power to stop the propensity of a hardened heart in our hearts. You say, Pastor George, that's impossible. How can encouragement stop a hardened heart? Look at, look at what the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 3. If I could have the worship team up here. I just need the worship team up here if you don't mind. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12. Look at what it says here. Beware, brethren, lest there be any... In any of you, an evil heart of unbelief. Oh, man. I'm going to read that again. You know, we think an evil heart has to do with people who are just cursing God and spitting at God and, 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 and demonized. He says you have an evil heart of unbelief. He calls unbelief evil. I'll just, I'll, I won't go there. Beware, brethren, lest any of you be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Watch this. Departing from the living God. Look at this. Look at this. But exhort. That word exhort means encourage. So I'm going to put encourage here. Encourage or exhort one another. How many times? How many times? While it is called today, unless any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Did you see what I just read? The power of encouraging one another in the midst of facing hard times stops us from the propensity of developing a hard heart. If you don't develop a culture of encouraging yourself and encouraging others or being around a circle that will encourage you scripturally. You know, if, you, if you're having problems with your marriage and you talk to the wrong person, you know what they're going to tell you? Girl, leave him. He ain't all that. Go ahead. There's a lot. I know someone I could hook you up tomorrow. You know that's the truth. If you got the wrong counsel, it's easy to, to, to run. It's easy to fly away. It takes more endurance to stay than to leave. But if you have the right people around you, girl, girl, you ain't going nowhere. You know better than that. You were called to this. Well, you don't know how he treats me. It doesn't matter. You stay in the word and you don't defile the word. See, let me just pause and say this. Can we give truth to somebody, even our closest friends, when we know is going to jab them? Can we look at someone and say, don't leave, even though they're your best friend? Can you look at someone and say, stay strong, don't give up, even when you know the pain that they've been going through? Are you going to be spiritual or are you going to be biblical? The spiritual thing is, well, you know what? It's your, you, deserve, you deserve freedom. Yeah, but not outside of the Word of God. God will never tell you to do something and then break His own Word so you can have freedom. 
encourage one another. Look for ways to say, man, you know what? Watch this. You know what Barnabas was? You know what the, anybody have read the Bible, right? You've read the Bible, right? Barnabas was the guy that was in charge of, of, in his early days, pouring into Saul of Tarsus, Paul the Apostle. And Paul the Apostle was a hard-headed dude. He was a, he was a rough, uh, uh, stubborn type of person because he knew the law from front and back. You couldn't out theologically, you couldn't out revelize him, if that's a word. But yet, look, look. Oh, this is so powerful. You know who was assigned to the tough, hard Saul of Tarsus to disciple him? Barnabas. You know what Barnabas means? Don't make me shout now. Son of encouragement. It says it. I didn't even look it up in the Greek. It actually says it in the Bible. The Bible says Barnabas, which is translated son of encouragement. Someone is about to end their life. All it takes is one encouraging word to drop that gun from their head. Someone has put a rope around their neck, like some of the movie stars that you've seen. Because they, they were famous on the outside, but inside and privately, they were having some struggles. If somebody would have encouraged them and say, no, the God, God has made you into the image of God. You don't have to end your life. You don't have to look at that wall and say it's over. You look at that wall and say, I'm just starting, baby. This is a sign that God's assignment is on me because I haven't seen anything this big up until now, and I'm in the promised land. So if I'm in the promised land, that means the promise is right around the corner. Do you know that Joshua faced the wall in the promised land? Get that around your head. Around your head. It wasn't in the desert that the wall appeared. You would think, oh, in the wilderness, that's all the bad stuff happened. No, it's in the place of promise. And the place of promise, there was walls. Why? Because there's a strategy that if you get past that wall the right way, you inherit that whole city. Oh! Are you ready for the third one? This is why I came to preach here, Christina. Are you ready for the third strategy? I want you to buckle your seatbelt because you have you probably never heard this preached right now. First strategy, stay persistent when you have that wall in front of you. That wall of waiting, that wall of marriage, that wall of finances. Number two, develop a system and a culture of encouragement. Of encouragement to encourage one another to stop you from developing a hard heart. Look at me, look at me. Zoom in closer with your heart. The third strategy, could someone put this pulpit down here? Let me get an illustration. The third strategy of, of how to defeat the wall in your life was not just walking around the wall. Because that's the story. Everyone knows the story. You shall walk around it once a day. And for seven days, and then on the seventh day, you shall walk around it seven times, and then you shall let out a shout, and then the walls come down. I didn't come to give you a story. I come to give you a strategy, and the strategy is this. Not only walk around the, the wall, but the whole time you're walking on the wall, around the wall, keep your mouth shut and don't say anything. Don't have 
negative confession coming out your mouth and negative speech coming out your mouth because of the walls that are in your life. Joshua said, when you march around that wall, nobody say a word because there's life and death and the power of your tongue and those walls are going to cause poison to come out of your mouth. He said, I don't want you to say a word. That's the strategy. Could you imagine as you're walking around that wall and you, everything in you say, I can't believe this is happening to me. God is allowing me. I've been faithful. I've been tithing. And look at this. I can't, you know, I, I've been waiting. I've been praying. And God, you haven't come through. And I've asked you for a breakthrough. And I come to church tired with two hours of sleep. And I still see nothing. And the Lord says, walk, here's a strategy. You want those walls to come down? Walk around it and shut your mouth. Shut your mouth because you could abort the process of God through your words. Negative confession will break and slow down the, the, the plan of God faster than anything I know. Why? Because there's things that the Bible actually says that were delayed at, be, because of someone's mouth. Do you remember when Zacharias, the, the priest, was going to prophesy? He's the father of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, dude. He, I mean, he's a, he's a mighty man of God. When he was in the womb... Oh, man. When, he, when John the Baptist was in the womb, the angel of the Lord came to Elizabeth and said, You shall bear a son, and you shall call him John. Could you imagine if all your family was and Echmali and whatever, and the, the Hebrew names? And also you got, you know, you got, you got 14-year-old Hamech and, uh, and, 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 and Shadraka and, and, and Balaka, Balaka. And, and, and watch this, my man John. He got Maka, Baraka, Laka, <laughs> and good old John. So, so when the angel came and said, you should call him John. I, I, not, a, not an unbeliever, a priest, come on, man. A priest said, how can we call him John? Voice, words. How can we? See, here, here's the plan of God. You're going to call him John. How can we call him John? Doubt. How can we call him John? There's nobody ever, ever seen, seen, seen in my lineage. Look what happened to my boy over here. Look at this. Oh, see, see, some of you just got messed up right there because you're a lot of, if you're like, like a lot of people I know, when the wall presents itself, your, your lip starts flying of how unfair your life is. Of how bad your life is because of the walls. And the strategy is not walking around the wall. The strategy is walking around it and don't say anything while you walk. Look at the scripture. Look at the scripture. Look, Luke chapter 1. Look at verse 13. Oh, are you getting something? The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, the angel. That's another, that's another no-brainer. It wasn't a preacher that said that your son's name is going to be John. You would think, duh. Can you imagine you're eating dinner, and all of a sudden, <sighs> you shall call your son's name John. You would think, you know what, I think I need to obey that, maybe. He's having this conversation with the angel, saying, no, it's not going to happen. How many times do we tell God it's not going to happen when he says it's going to happen? How many times is like, no, I don't believe this, God. No, no, you know what, maybe I didn't hear from you. Maybe... Maybe that was not you that told me to stand in my marriage and stand in my finances and stand in my ministry calling. 
<clears throat> Do not be afraid, Zechariah, an angel, for your prayers have been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call him named John. Everybody say John. <laughs> and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice in his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Look at the, what the angel is saying. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to their Lord, their God. He will also go before him in the spirit of the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children, to the disobedient, to the wisdom, to the just. Watch this. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. Watch this. And was sent to speak to you and bring to you these good tidings. Look at what the angel said. Because I want the plan of God to come forth and you have the ability to slow down with your negativity and your words, behold, you will be mute and not be able to speak until these things take place. You won't be able to speak until the promise is fulfilled because you're going to slow down the promise by your words while you're walking around that wall. <laughs> so they made, listen, listen, listen. So it was on the eighth day. And the eighth day that they came, you jump down a couple of verses, to circumcise the child John after he was birth, and they would have called him the name of his father, Zacharias. See, they were going to call him Zacharias. His mother answered and said, no, his name shall be called John. But, he, but they said to her, watch, there is no one among your relatives. You got to be careful with who's speaking about, around you. You got to be careful that even the seemingly good people around you, when you're facing your wall, what kind of advice they are giving you. He said, he said well, how can this be so because, th because there is no one among your relatives who is called by that name? So they made a sign to his father, and he would have called him what he would have called him. He was mute now for several months. And he asked for a writing tablet. See, they had tablets back in those days. He wrote saying, his name is John. Watch this. They all marveled. Immediately, his mouth was open. And his tongue loose. And they spoke praising God. You know why? Because sometimes, if we're not careful, as we're facing these walls, we will significantly slow down the process and the promise by our negativity and our words. There's power in our words. I dare you that God is challenging you as you face this giant, as you face this wall, resist the temptation for poison and negativity to come out your mouth. The Bible says, I shall praise the Lord at all times. That means the bad times and the good times. And watch this. And his praise shall continually be in my, I'm going I'm to drop this mic, in my mouth, in my mouth. Praise will continually be in my mouth. Even when you're about to get a divorce. Even when you don't got money in your bank. Even when you feel neglected and you're waiting on God. The Bible says I will continue to praise him continually out of my mouth. You want to see some scriptures about keeping your mouth shut? This is a strategy. If I had anything today to say to you, one of the greatest strategies to get the wall down is keep walking and don't say anything. Just keep walking. It's going to come. It's going to come. Not, it's not going to come. No, I can't believe this. No, I'm not called. No, I'm, not, I'm, I'm insecure. I don't, I don't feel like I'm worthy. 
I'm just going to go backside because it doesn't work. Watch this. Real quick, I'm done. Ecclesiastes 5. Can you guys help me with these things? Put that up. Ecclesiastes 5. I promise, Christine, I'm almost done. Oh, come on. That's Dominican power right there. Woo! Come on, man. That's right. Real quick, are you getting something this morning? Watch this. Watch this. Ecclesiastes 5, 2, 3. Look at that. Do not be rash with your what? Come on, I'm teaching you now. Do not be rash with your mouth and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Oh, man, do I struggle with this last part. Therefore, let your words be few. Few. I'm like, no, I have a lot to say about this topic. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, I want to talk about it. I don't like this. I want to let them know a piece of my mind. And the more I talk, the more it's like, nope, nope. The more injured you become. Sometimes, not all the time, but there's a degree that your heart is revealed the more you talk. I don't have to have a gift of discernment to know what's in your heart. I can know what's inside everyone's yard. That's blasphemy, Pastor George. The Bible says no one knows a heart. And Jeremiah says no one knows a heart. Yes, you're right. But I can know what's in your heart because just give me 10 minutes or 15 minutes with you. And what you come out your mouth will determine what's in your heart. Because the Bible says out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I don't have to have the gift of discernment or prophecy to know a little bit what's in your heart. If you're constantly cursing your father, your mother, your pastor, if you're constantly dissing, let's just say me for lack of, you know what? You may be right in some of the things that you feel, but you're wrong in the posture of your heart. If it's your boss, the same thing. If it's your parents, those who are younger, and you're saying, you know, you could do an obedient act and still have a wrong heart. You could be like, she, your parents would be like, I told you to turn the TV off. Fine. I can't believe God is like, that's disobedience. Do it back again. Just because you execute a, a, an obedient act doesn't mean your heart is right. You know what? I, I'll prove it to you. John 15, the Bible says, hypocrites, these people draw near with me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. Look at Proverbs 17. I'm done. Proverbs 17, verse 20, 27. Look at me, look at me, look at me before you read it. Do you know that even unwise people appear to be wise when they don't speak? Here, here's a little revelation. You want to appear wiser for a season? Resist the temptation to spew out everything that's on your mind. You know what the Bible says in James? Be swift to hear and slow to speak. We have the opposite. We are slow to hear and quick to speak. <laughs> we're answering the we're answering someone before they even say the whole story. Well, you know, you know, Pastor George, what, what, the reason I'm coming to you, no, because blah, 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 blah. or you know, someone so I I, I, have, I have this issue with you, but no, listen, before you even say, it, I know what you're going to say. No, let them speak. Watch this. A truly wise person. Oh my God, I'm going to preach this house down. A truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even tempered. Look at the next verse. Even fools are thought to be wise when they keep silent. With their mouth shut, they seem intelligent. 
You know why silence is golden when it comes to facing your wall? I'm, I'm ending with this. You know why? Because the enemy can never quote silence. He is called the accuser of the brethren. And what he takes to accuse you and I many times is the words that are coming out of our mouth. And if you are silent, there's nothing for the enemy to quote. If you remain silent, so watch this. Being silent means that you learn the practice of not having to please everybody. You, God is going to teach the body of Christ a lesson that you don't have to give a defense for what God is doing in your life with people that have already formed an opinion about you. That used to be something that I struggle with, but the Lord has really healed me that I, when you say like, you know what, I, I, I just got to make sure I convince them that I'm not that way. Well, you know what? We don't owe anybody an explanation. We don't owe, I don't owe anybody an explanation other than me and God and the, the work that God is doing in my heart. Now, does that mean that you don't go to a brother or a sister that you've hurt or, or, and seek reconciliation? Yes, but not so much that you try to get them to like you all the time. Because you are already accepted in the beloved, Ephesians 1 says, and you are complete in him according to Colossians. So how can somebody give you what they never get, steal what they never give you? Silence is golden. Today, there are many of you who are facing walls in your life, hindrances in your life. And the strategy is this. Be persistent with whatever God told you to do in the first place scripturally and keep marching around that wall. Number two, develop a culture of encouragement where you encourage one another. You know what? Maybe if it's old-fashioned, pick up the phone and say, I need to talk right now. Call your friend who is scriptural and, 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 and spiritual and make sure you are talking to the people that will lift you up. There's certain people when I hang up the phone with them, I want to shake the world. There's other people when I hang up the phone with them, I'm like, I got to go and fast and pray because they just told me 10 times that I can't do this. You better be careful. You're not going to be able to do this. I literally had someone tell me in the beginning of this church, they said, I just want to prepare you. You're not going to get everything you want. And I, and I said, I'm not going to receive that. I'm not going to receive that. And then number three, not only develop a culture of encouragement, walk around that wall and don't say anything. Watch this. And I'm closing here. When they did that, and they did not speak for seven days. Could you imagine the wall and not saying anything? And deep down inside, you're like. And what I didn't tell you is that you got to use your imagination. Could you imagine all the sneers and the, and the discouragement coming from the people from within the wall? You guys are stupid. You guys are dumb. What are you doing? Look, look at those Israelites. Look at them walking around this stupid wall. Don't you think they heard that? Don't you think they wanted to throw an arrow or just, just one rock, God, just one rock? Come on, just, let me, just, just give me one time. No? How about people cursing you out and you're just like, keep walking. People devalue you, you just keep walking. Watch this. On the seventh day, when they remain silent, God says, you've passed the test. Shout now. And when they shouted, a supernatural act happened. 
the walls came down because the Lord knocked the wall down because they were silent at the right time and they shouted at the right time. And so what we need to do is face our walls and not deter, get the right counsel and learn how to hold our tongue from any bitterness or poison that is coming out our mouth so that if we do, let only praise come out. Come on. Let only truth come out. Let only promises come out. And you will go on the other side of that wall. I want you to stand up. Come on. I want everyone to stand up. We're going to be real quick here. We would like that song. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit. You know what's going to get past this wall? Is your obedience coupled with your silence coupled with the spirit of God. I'm going to say that again. Your obedience, whatever wall. Listen, you know what? I feel this from the Lord. There, you need to name your wall right now. Come on. Whatever your wall is, I want you to name it right now in your heart. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's finances, whether it's a wayward kid, whether it's a marriage, whether it's something that you've been believing for, whatever that wall is, I want you to name it. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to speak continual praise in this season, and I want you to ask the Lord to help you keep silent from negativity that comes out your mouth. Let's make a covenant today, and I'm including myself. Let's not give in to negative confession or complaining. The book of Philippians says, do all things without complaining and murmuring. I'm going to give you one last secret. Do you know why the majority of the reason why, according to Scripture, that the children of Israel kept, kept um, uh, walking for 40 years? Because they did not keep their mouth shut. They kept murmuring and murmuring and murmuring to the point where Moses said, these people are stiff-necked people. All they do all the time is complain. You know that. Lord, you, you, can you imagine waking up and quail? I mean, I, I mean, like food is from heaven all the time, and yet they're not happy with that food. You get to a point where like, I, I don't care if it comes from heaven. I want some steak. I want some A1 sauce, God. No, I don't want just birds all the time. God was providing for them from heaven, and yet they still, watch this, complain. The reason why we don't get a breakthrough is because our mouths get in the way. Today, we're going to do something about it. Come on. Lift up your hands right now. Name your wall. We're going to worship right now. We're going to worship right now, and we're going to name these walls, and we're going to make some adjustments in our heart that we're not going to speak negative. Come on. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.